A very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with Liberal Party leader and legislator Felix Chung. The following program is a personal view program. News about the Legislative Council has been one of the city's central topics this week. As the Hong Kong SAR government announced unprecedented decisions that legislative election would be postponed by a year due to the COVID-19. Last Tuesday, the National People Congress Standing Committee announced that there will be a year-long extension for the sixth legislative term, and all existing members can continue to serve this provisional term. This arrangement is ideal as it can minimize potential political turmoil. Hong Kong has already been badly hit over the past year, both politically and economically. It is time to focus on fighting the pandemic, rebuild the economy, and restore society's confidence in the government. Last month, Chief Executive Mrs. Carrie Lam proudly stated that the goal in her election manifesto are over-fulfilled. Initially, she pledged to improve the relationship between the legislature and executive branches. However, her relationship with the pan-democratic camp has been worsening over the past two years. The failure of cooperation between the legislature and government, as well as the deeply divided Hong Kong society, results in delays in many administrations' works. So quite frankly, we do not understand why the chief executive believes she already finished most of her commitment within the first two years. Because the Hong Kong SAR government failed to recover the city's instability due to social unrest in the past year, the central government was forced to step in and impose the national security law in Hong Kong. Although we do respect and understand the decisions, the imposition of the national security law has caused major inferences from international powers. Among them, the U.S. responses is the most drastic. The U.S. made various excuses to vote the 1992 U.S.-Hong Kong Policy Act. U.S. President Donald Trump also signed the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, Hong Kong Autonomy Act, and an executive order ending Hong Kong's preferential trade status within the last six months. Just last week, he imposed sanctions on 11 Hong Kong and mainland Chinese officials, including our chief executive, Mrs. Carrie Lam. Although we don't know how serious the impact of the sanction yet, I believe the U.S. may take further action against Hong Kong as tension between U.S. and China escalate. This could include expanding the sanction list and pressuring all international financial institutions in the cities to stop serving particular targets. The uncertainty of U.S. inferences can cause even greater impact on the business sector. China and the United States are the world's largest economies, and Hong Kong stands as a valuable trading partner for both countries. These sanctions have created doubt over the futures of Hong Kong as a financial hub, and many international businesses may be deeply affected by the new restrictions collided with the national security law. The end of Hong Kong preferential status for the U.S. also means that the city is now exposed to tariffs that were originally targeted for the mainland. Exporters who have relocated facilities from China to Hong Kong to avoid those tariffs will now suffer from serious losses. 
the tension between China and the United States is likely to intensify. But one thing can be certain is that Hong Kong will continue to serve as a bridge between China and the rest of the world. We hope that the two countries will reach an agreement in the future. Otherwise, Hong Kong will continue to suffer. In the meantime, the Hong Kong SAR government should enhance external promotion to reassure the international community on one country, two systems, and to restore confidence in our city. Internally, at least in the coming year, the Hong Kong SAR government should minimize political disputes and focus on solving livelihood and economic issues.